Hey, what's going on, guys? Phil here with Podcast 204. Gosh, I can't believe that number keeps going up. We've got uh, three guests today, and of course, you guys already know them. Uh, Russ down in the bottom. Uh, well, actually, hold on. You're in the bottom. I've got two different cameras going on. So Russ is up there. Yeah, you're up there. Uh, we've got Darren Katz, aka Bombadil, Mama Bear. Uh, and we've got Matt New New Newman. He's over here. So for those that don't know or whatever, I've, they're, they're, they've got me on a different camera. So that's what it is. What's going on, guys? How are you? Very good. Excited yeah. to be here. Excited for the reason that we're here. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Phil. Thanks for jumping on this. I know, <laughs> you know, we've been we've been meaning to do something like this for a little while. So it was, it was tough holding off, but I had good reason to hold off. And anyhow, here we are. Yeah. What about you, Matt? How are you doing? Oh, I'm excellent. I'm excited. This is going to be good. So obviously, I've I've talked to you, Darren, um, on a podcast previously, and uh, yes, but I haven't asked you guys. Obviously, the world's been a little bit topsy turvy. And uh, how are you guys doing? Is family doing good? How's I guess to start with you, Matt? How how has this affected your guys? Uh, you know, like family life. Are you guys enjoying it more, being together more? Or is it one of those things where like having your your kids, you're just like, all right, you, need, you all need to go back to school. Like, what, what's going on there? Uh, my kids are back in school. Um, okay. I think Russ's kids are too. We were talking about it a little bit, and we have all kinds of meetings all the time on Zoom calls and stuff like that. But yeah, we've been out of the office, or I've been out of the office, I think, since March. Some people go into the office still if they're it's required and stuff like that. But uh, we've been working virtually for quite a while now just to stay safe and kind of thing and it's you know the commute's a lot easier but i really do miss my team and miss hanging out in the office but we've been making the best of it i think and yeah it's been good so far what's been with that being said like just for you uh, maybe what's been one of the hurdles like the biggest hurdle at first it was just was it being out of the office and not having that direct contact Hmm. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's different for me because I'm not directly in the development team, the team working on things day to day. They collaborate a lot more. My team is, uh, well, it's Darren now, um, the, the web development team, design team and customer support. And so do a lot of events and I collaborate with the development team as well, but it's mostly for things like marketing and screenshots and video and that kind of stuff. So they are, they, they meet a lot more than we do and they use Slack and all kinds of voice chat stuff and video chat to keep in touch and keep on top of it. So lots of virtual meetings, I'd say. Awesome. What about you, Russ? I mean, obviously you've got a few more kids than uh, Matt, I think. Right. So how's that been? A <clears throat> couple more. Yeah, no. They, they, so they are back in school. Like years are too, aren't they Matt? Like as far as physically yep. at school. Yeah. So they are so far so good. Um, it's different though. Like they've, they've made it so like there's groups of kids and it's a little bit weird, but they're going back. Um, Work-wise, yeah, you know, I think I was having a harder time with it in the beginning. I think I was just mostly filled with anxiety about, it. probably the least of those was just on productivity as a team. Like I figured we're full of, we have a lot of professionals and, you know, I kind of had some pretty good confidence we'd figure that out, but um I guess I'm someone who likes change to happen organically because it's the way things are supposed to go and not have them be forced, you know? Yeah. So my worry was like, oh, this was going to force all kinds of change, like almost force all kinds of permanent change that really wasn't organically meant to be. So I don't know. We'll see. And, and I think, you know, people can become more distant. Uh, like we had this beer Friday every uh, the last Friday of every month and 
it was a physical celebration in the you know the office here and um always look forward to that and we've kept that up but it's on zoom and the first one was fun you know some people that don't normally drink are pretty drunk and it was you know it was a good time and we're all like hey miss you guys because it's only been a few weeks then the last ones now they're just sort of like everyone's quiet everyone's having a hard time it's just like things are just more people are just getting used to being distant and so for that reason i'm really hoping we can we've tried to talk about how we can combat that and get together even in smaller groups or just do some things but anyhow so that's for me i hope that you know by next whatever that is sometime next year i mean by next summer we, we all don't really know we're just guessing but that we can um there might be some things that are forever different but definitely i think a lot more um together as a team than this which is yeah. almost zero right I mean, it makes sense. I mean, you guys just launched MechWare 5 December 10th, and then, you know, right after the New Year's stuff starts turning, and, and that's got to be on your mind, obviously. And then with the changes, I mean, running a company, that's a lot That was pretty lucky timing. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it could have been a lot worse if we were, like, in the final three months of home stretch of trying to ship the game. That would have been significantly worse. So all in all, I think we have to be grateful the timing worked out pretty well for us. And, we were because we, we already had a very mature game that had already shipped and was well understood, so we could work on DLC for that. We could obviously work on MechWare Online, so on all, pretty decent spot to be in. Gotcha. Okay, so I haven't talked to you directly, Russ, and or Matt um, since uh, last year. Uh, sometime I don't remember when the last. I don't remember the last podcast, but obviously um, in January, uh, we split ways uh, and uh, that was something I guess we can dive into or whatever. Um, and then of course, uh, me and Darren went our ways as well in March. I took over NGNG. We've had Darren on, he's talking about getting a boat. He finally gets a boat. And then yesterday you guys dropped a bombshell on me live on stream. I uh, that, that caught me by surprise. And I was, I was super stoked. Like it was one of those things that so yesterday's announcement, you guys announced the new community manager and marketing director, if I'm correct, titles and all that, which is now Darren. And can we just rewind here? How did this start? Darren, you didn't tell me shit, by the way, um, which is pretty impressive. Um, so where did, where did that come from? Where did that conversation, how did that start? And when did it start? Well, so for I mean, I think... Sorry, you go ahead, Darren. I was going to kind of go a little bit well, on the way, the way back machine to yeah, but and, can, and go ahead. But I, I just really quickly wanted to point out that there was, uh, there's a rumor out there that there was a time where you did speak directly with Russ uh, late one oh, night. Oh, jeez, we did. Yes. Oh yeah. By the way, <laughs> so we can't, oh my we gosh. can't forget that. I got and, smashed, uh, <laughs> man. I got smashed. Thank you for showing up, by the way. And you were totally cool with it. It was like three o'clock in the morning my time. For those that don't know little history uh i decided to do a whiskey after dark stream and it started like at 9 p.m eastern and it went to i think when i signed off it was around 7 30 in the morning and uh <laughs> i don't remember getting off the stream um yeah. apparently it took Russ about remembers. half an hour uh to get off the stream with me because i just kept rambling and uh so yeah thanks for putting up well with i me. stayed a lot longer than i intended i think that's because i had a few gins too and got warmed up a bit but um yeah it was fun yeah. I just want to point out, I'm not a, a the marketing director. I'm a senior marketing and community okay. manager. That's my title. But go ahead, Russ. Go go yeah. take the well, way back machine. I think your listeners of uh, the community probably want to hear um, 
a bit of a longer story, like at least as, at least go back in time. Like for example, people would say, well, the game really stopped getting major updates or monthly updates, we'll call it, um, general routine patch attention. When roughly? Okay. Go back to summer of 2019, maybe even? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's fair, like like a solid, what, it's going yeah. on two years. Well, I think it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. two years. I think two it's years been is a, fair. It's been a little over a year since we kind of stopped the patches, as I recall, but it's been closer to two years since there was meaningful yes. content patches. Yeah. Um, or at least maybe, maybe two years come this new year or something. Because I think our last new mech might have hit. It's, it's, it's rough for me, too. So, I mean, so that kind of feeds into, like, you brought up NG&G, you know, at least the official relationship ending in January. And, and I think most of your listeners have heard this, but, um, you know, MechWare Online, of course, has been around for, like, what? I think it's been about eight. In, well, I guess it'll be eight years. No, yeah, about eight years this October since open beta. So friends and family and all that, it's probably been a good eight and a half years since some folks have been playing. And MechWare Online's um, peak heyday, you know, revenue production, you know, successful game aspect was really two, about, a, about a five year stint from let's say, let's go at the beginning of 2013 to about uh, summer, beginning of 2018. So it's about, about a five year stretch there from like call it 2012 to 2017, 2013, 2018. And, and so, um, and then, you know, revenues had just really not um, supported the release of the Max each month. It just really didn't make sense for quite a while. Um, and same went with the marketing initiatives and things we we're doing. It just really wasn't, it was, you know, it was just an older game. And I do believe that, obviously I believe this because we wouldn't be here today with Darren here, that, the game still is, I think, that we're, we're about to find out. So I guess we're going to feed into that. I think capable of responding to good content updates um, and bringing players back and rejuvenating that base and generating more revenue and making it you know, a worthwhile and profitable game again. So skipping ahead a bit and then I'll come back. That's... Well, I won't skip ahead. I guess I'll finish that thread. I think it make more sense that way. So we were in this position for a long time, but then add on top of that, the fact that the license expired summer of 2020. So this past June that we just passed. Oh, it was June. Okay. I thought it was yeah. December. Okay. No, June. So we were, here we were at, not MechCon, but our, our 20 year anniversary celebration thing. Darren was lucky enough to come because he just had a quick little drive and we had our Prana Games 20 year anniversary, and we just had the, the MechWarrior 5 launch party, and we were celebrating. But also in the back of my head, I kind of knew what was imminent because there was six months left in the license. And now you can kind of wind back a little bit again. And when you have that little time left in your license, it even impacts your ability to invest in content development, even as far back as, you know, a almost all of 2019, let's say, because you're yep. saying, wow, we have barely over a year left. So it really affected those decisions. And so there I was at the party kind of knew like, well, we're, we're, we're talking to Microsoft, but you know, I've been had this ongoing relationship with Microsoft now for um, you know, almost a decade really. And, and um, 
it sometimes things happen quick and, and sometimes I go years without you know much happening and we were hopeful but I wasn't certain by any stretch and so I think I'm not sure when I announced it to the, the community but so we made we made our decisions in early January um, we got the game shipped we made a few corrections with the studio what we felt down the stretch and then it actually came together reasonably quickly um, in maybe even in January sometime. I'm not sure if it's I think, in February. I don't think so. Are you talking about the extension? Yeah. Yeah. You, I think you popped in. It was funny because you popped in. I was streaming and right. we were talking about something and you popped in the chat and you're like, oh, what are you guys talking about? And I was like, well, we're talking about some subject. I think it was like, well, will MW get anything? And it was like, well, it really depends on if they get the extension or not. And you're like, oh, well, we got it. And we were like, oh, okay. And then it was like, oh, we got a five-year extension. Yeah. I think it was like late January, if not early, mid-February, maybe. It's out there because I, yeah. I posted a Reddit and stuff. So so then we get the extension um, and we're like, okay. Then we take a minute, of course, to just kind of think, all right, well, what, is this, what does this mean? You know? And then... Of course, we're not too far after that. COVID hits. Everyone goes to work from home. That kind of scatters people's brains for at least a few months to the summer. And then it wasn't until pretty recently, I would suggest even in, Darren, I didn't talk to you until maybe, was it even a month ago? Oh, you're muted. You're muted. Sorry about that. When did we do that podcast, Phil? It was right around that time. Yeah, yeah, about a month ago. It was about a month ago. Yeah. 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 So it was right after that then. Pretty much, because I saw that, and I was already been thinking of some stuff, and I was already starting to formulate kind of an idea and a plan in my head. And I think backing up a bit, we saw some evidence during COVID when we did do the, the one PSR update and stuff that there was a response in the product. You know, there was a response in the community. We did see an, in, you know, an uptick, and I thought, okay, it's showing showing signs of life. You know, it's showing signs that'll respond. And then, of course, uh, you know and we'll get into this today, I think, is that I get hit up a lot, of course, on Twitter and whatnot, of people expressing to me how much they still care for MechWare Online and how much they want it to be updated and how much they still love it. And which I love, by the way, of course. Um, and, you know, sometimes they go a little bit extra out of the way to make sure I know that for, people feel like MechWare 5 and MechWare Online are at loggerheads and they can't really love both. At least a lot of people feel that way. I'm here today to say you can love both. Um, it's not going to affect. I think because they felt like we were just so focused on MechWare 5, which certainly were for the stretch there. But that that was the death knell of MechWare Online. So one of the big messages today is that's not the case. And although, you know, some things are still up in the air, you know, we still have to see how much it will respond. Um, so at any rate, I think I finally started to get my plans together, come to summer. I saw that podcast and I thought, you know, um, we've been without a community manager now for uh, since January, I think. Yep. And um, I wanted to get us, get us into a position where we could, again, fully engage with the community and say, okay, let's see if, if this game, you know, still has good life ahead of it. Because we've got a five-year um runway well touch less than five now i guess and so that does open some doors up for us and it does mean that we can do a lot and honestly the sky is the limit i've thought about these full up you know engine upgrades too and i'm sure we'll have spent a lot of time talking about that and what's feasible and what we should be thinking about but 
really the sky's the limit. I'm not really putting any limiters on it. Um, but it'll come down to what people are truly uh, willing to support, I guess, and, and see if, if, the, if there is enough there still to support it. So at any rate, so we grabbed Darren. Uh, I couldn't think of a better guy to engage the community and basically find a way to bridge all those gaps and say, okay, this is what, what are you guys interested in? And try to, you know, fight through the, the weeds of everybody's interested in something different. This guy thinks mechs is the be all end all. He just wants for mechs. This guy has plenty of mechs. He just wants maps. This guy, the key is this, the key is that. Come up with a plan and give the community an opportunity to get behind that plan. And if we see the support, like people say is out there, if we give them what they want, then we're willing to jump back in and, and create that content. And um, anyhow, that's that's how we got to where we are today. And I think, um, you know, why I felt like I could do this. And there's a lot of reasons, the major one being the license and a um, bunch of things like that. So there's there's your oh, yeah. version. I mean, and, and uh, funny enough, because Darren, I mean, you said you you heard me talking about it on stream but i i was literally going over the timeline in my head on stream and i was like if they didn't because we know you didn't have the extension when we parted ways and so it only made sense of saying well in there and i thought it was december by the way that you guys had it till 2020 so in my head it was like well they're full steam ahead on mech 5 oh and then they get covid oh and it's messing with the dlc launch it's like yeah, it only makes sense because of the timeline. But as far as like MWO, funny enough, I've been really talking about this, is that I think 100% there's life in MWO if it's given some love and attention. And that's why I'm, I'm so excited to you know talk to you guys about this because really the base game there, the what we've had for, for eight years has evolved over a period of time, but the base game is solid. And I, and I feel like a lot of people out there uh, uh, of course, I was drunk when I when I, when you said this, but I think someone alluded to you. You felt that uh, you had heard praise about it, but there was also a lot of negativity. And one of the things you said on Twitter sort of uh, reiterated uh, reiterated that. And I and I just wanted to sort of point out like there's always going to be like detractors and negative out there, but at the end of the day, there's so many people that are. I mean, uh, just that just enjoy the game, enjoy loving uh, playing and the IP. And I think from my point of view, if this is the path you're going down and you guys show uh, the, the effort and stuff, I think 100% the players will come back and the players will enjoy the product even more. And I think it, it's, it's just going to be a, a two-way road and a hundred percent it can happen. And that's one of the things I've, I've talked to you, Darren, is about like, there are things that there's low hanging fruit and then there's bigger stuff. And one of the things that I wanted to ask you, um, Russ was, uh, and I and I mentioned this on uh, Twitter, but it sort of had to do with the, the marketing uh, and uh, model and the, the differences between like World of Tanks and you guys chose a uh, transaction model and, and, and a, system that i feel like is a little bit dated nowadays where you're seeing all uh, some variations of the free-to-play market go like season pass and all those type of things <laughs> i feel like that's probably something that we'd have to discuss is have you thought about that and what do you what are your plans are or do you have plans or what are your just general thoughts on that because uh the monetization obviously for mechs can only go so far people have a ton of mechs and so forth 
but like cosmetic items and stuff like what are your thoughts on the microtransaction sort of system for MWO and have you thought about updating that and would that be something? Yeah. That's a really good question. And I know that I'm going to end up dominating this whole conversation. So I want you guys to jump in whenever you um, it's feel fine. like you have something to add. Um, you're right on the World of Tanks comparison. Uh, we've basically followed on their heels very closely in North America, and it is a dated model at this point. But also, what's I think this will make sense to you too when I bring this up when you look at other more modern games. Um, very few games can establish them establish themselves in a niche corner like MechWarrior did. Most games either go big or big-ish or they just die. So, you know, you got your Apexes and your Fortnites and your World of Tanks, um, Warframe, um, you can go down the list, but the, you know, the graveyards are littered with games that are smaller and even were bigger than MechWarrior population-wise that just flat out die. So MechWarrior has the ability to stick around because it's niche. And, you know, like the Alexander Keith slogan for their beer, those that like it, like it a lot. And, and because the monetization strategy was, one, built around a niche player base. So you can put a more modern monetization strategy in place. But one thing you'll see about those, those games is they're built on mass numbers. You know, a game like Fortnite and these games, they monetize. So an average revenue per paying user, ARPUPU is the term. And MechWarrior Online had a very high one, like $90 for many years. That's massive, 90 ARPUPU is as big as it gets in the industry. Still probably hovers around 40 to 50. Other games would have a fraction of that, but of course, instead of having uh, a monthly active user count of 40,000 players, let's say, the game Echo Online still has about a 10,000 DAU. That's 10,000 unique people per day play the game. Just to give you perspective, I know some of these numbers have been more hidden in the past, um, and 40,000 monthly active users. So compared to the Fortnites, of course, um, minuscule, uh, 100x, you know, for those games, probably. And so you can monetize, your ARPU can be, oh my goodness, you know, like 10 bucks, and you're still making hundreds of millions of dollars a month. But it also, I think the flip side of that is when people sometimes, you know, we get that like, oh, it's dead, and like, you know, just play, you know, this mod or something. Um, I mean, still 10,000 unique people a day playing MechWare Online. That's still, you know, an order of multiple magnitudes higher than maybe people think or understand. Like it's still, um, it still takes, and as you can tell, it takes at least a 10,000 DAU just to get the matchmaker, even the way we've got it tweaked, to function reasonably decently. So another subject to come back to, but uh, yeah, so that's, that's why we, I think absolutely the monetization strategy should be 100% on the table because we have to be careful though that we don't try to monetize like the big games because that just means we'll die within six months probably, right? Because we're saying, hey man, we're going to change it. Now you can do all these little microtransactions, but unless we get 10x the players to come in, we're going to fail. Uh, but we do need to explore it because at the same time, we need our players that are around today to find reason to spend again. It's just blunt and simple. Like if people don't spend, then the game doesn't get to exist. So 
We need our current players, guys that have 600 max, who have already invested so much in this game that they just probably don't even like to think about it, you know? But, you know, we need to find ways for them to uh, find interest enough to spend again so that we can continue to update the game and not just put small updates in it, but do significant updates. And I hope we get a chance to talk today about what some of those ideas might be. But um, you're right. This can't just be like, here's the next mech. I'm not just going to turn the tap back on for like how we had it. It's got to be different. It's got to be more substantial, actual features, bigger features, um, and maybe even different style of content if we can find ways to you know, come up with those ideas. But anyhow, maybe this is where Matt and Darren jumps in and, well, I want to say I, I can definitely confirm, uh, you know, so I've spent, we announced this uh, yesterday at noon, and I've spent uh, from that time until just before this podcast responding to people. I got, uh, you know, direct emails. So I did throw my email uh, address into the the original post, and I knew I would pay for that, but I wanted to, you know, establish these lines of communication, but email uh, Twitter DMs, Discord, and I just finally finished the uh, the thread, the announcement thread on the the forum, and I can absolutely say that while you while you mentioned there's a few detractors out there, and that's fine, that, that that's a given. Um, the support and the love for these games, and and specifically MechWarrior Online, totally exists still. Like it was very heartening to read all the messages, you know, that it took me took me basically a day and a half to do. And I can feel the enthusiasm out there. I, you know, like I said in my announcement, I've been a fan for 35 years. Uh, I totally have a passion for this. You know that, uh, you know, we've worked together, uh, all of us for many years. And so, of course, I'm excited about getting this job back. But on the other hand, I also recognize that there's a huge responsibility here. And, um, you know, that this is this is it everything that uh, we've worked on is is culminating at this point because uh you know we have we're we're given a, a timeline here we're given um a schedule that we have you know four or five more years which is exciting it's awesome like i've always told everybody it's a great time to be a mech warrior and that's continuing um but we have a challenge here which is like we were just discussing coming up with the things that the community wants things that the game potentially needs and sometimes those don't match you know and so trying to figure that out is going to be a challenge and then also like russ is bringing up there's just the business aspect of it we can't do things for free as much as everybody would want to so it's you know a bit of a venn diagram of trying to figure out how these things come together and i think that's really the challenge i'm going to be putting everything into this my whole you know my whole heart and soul into making this work with matt i'm super excited to be working with matt again and, and the 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 live ops team uh, some, you know, some of the best people I've ever worked with. Like I said, it's my favorite job I've ever had, but I'm not taking it lightly. And uh, I am, you know, it's it's a huge task ahead of us, but I definitely think it's possible. And that's the part I think people have caught on, you know, with my enthusiasm and that's great. But now we've got to follow through with that and, and make this happen. And we've got a hell of a challenge, but uh, we are totally ready to accept that challenge and make this happen. So I'm excited about it. Yeah, I'd agree with Darren too. <clears throat> and just touching on the monetization side of things a bit, like, <clears throat> excuse me, you drink water, but my kids play Fortnite. Um, there, I said it. <laughs> okay. they, they play Fortnite, and and uh, it's it's really interesting for me to watch them play Fortnite. They're ten and they're thirteen. Uh, it's interesting for me to see the how the monetization works, how the seasons work, how everything, how 
the game can feel like fresh and new just by adding new features or taking features away or giving you know playgrounds and stuff like that. And I think MechWarrior Online did a really, really good job of that over the years. Um, we built a, a, an amazing game with a lot of amazing systems in it. And now it's up to us to kind of like at this point in this lifespan to see how we can work with that or um, what, where we can go from here with the community. Where can we go from here to make it good? And even just I've been reading the, the forum threads as well. And you know, something, you know, you see someone talking about the new user experience coming into MechWarrior Online. It's like, that's something that if we're going to put all this work in, that is something that we definitely need to pay attention to. Because I remember even when we first started, the challenges that we've always had, the things that we've tried to fix or tackle in terms of new players coming to MechWarrior, um, there's always been a steep learning curve regardless. And we've done things in the past to try and help that. And it still, still needs work. So there's a lot of different areas that we got to look at and a lot of different areas to figure out what things we got to change in order to make this work for veterans and the new player as well and breathe tons of new life into this, as well as figuring out a way to monetize it. Okay, so, and just to clarify here, uh, you guys are basically saying you're, everything's back on the table right now for MWO. You're putting money where your mouth is. You're, get, you're, you're pinging the community, uh, seeing what, they potentially want or need out of you to reciprocate them coming back or them spending money or and stuff like that. That's basically what I'm hearing. Is that is that correct? Like this is MWO, if we're fair, has been put on the back burner for two years. I think that's that's a fair statement. But you guys are coming to the table and saying, hey, the reason for that also, maybe it wasn't clear, uh, but that was because of a business decision that you guys may not have had the license. And so you had to put all your time and effort into Mech 5. And yeah, it took away resources, but we're back on the table. We have that extension. We want to see this product evolve. Or uh, in, the, in the case of what I think you were alluding to earlier, when you mentioned game engines, uh, and we can get in that topic, but just that's basically what you guys are coming to the table with right now. To, to be clear, you're coming to the community yes. and saying, this is happening. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We need to find out, we need to figure out the best path of development. And we know that's going to be super challenging. So that's going to be the challenge of, of Darren and Matt and primarily. And then the reason I say that is, I think it was my timeline on my Twitter earlier today, two respectful tweets, but, you know, and there's been a lot of them since we made the announcement. But these two in particular, they're special because they were right next to each other. One was right under the other. The bottom one said, Forget about tabletop, just make a fun game. You know, don't worry about this, that, and the other, just make a fun game. And the one right above it said, focus more on tabletop. Yeah. So it's a challenge. It's very, very difficult. And so to everyone that's going to find value, so it's going to have to be a mix of things. And so that's where I think maybe there is a launching point for me to go into the new engine upgrade discussion. Now, it's still on the table. Okay, it's on the table. I'll officially say that it's on the table. Now, it might not, it might, might, it's possible that it shouldn't be. And I'll explain. Number one, this is me only, you know, just acting as the CEO of the company, looking at the five years and trying to decide what might be the, of the most interest to the players, what might bring up the most interest and revenue generation and, and bring as much success back to the product as possible in the next five years without going and talking to any of my engineers or anyone, okay? Now, obviously it's possible. We just shipped MechWarrior 5 and Unreal 4. But keep in mind that 
Mechoi 5 is a single-player game with four-player co-op. That co-op is done peer-to-peer with the um, main player playing host. So that means none of the code whatsoever is written in a client-server authoritative manner at all. There's some replication going on because of co-op, but there's no client-server authoritative aspects. So there is some significant differences in the gameplay, obviously being PvP, comp, stuff like that. Um, big differences in having none of the backend database, none of the networking, none of the matchmaking. Um, it'd be a monstrous effort. It would be, let's just say for the sake of conversation, it would be like a, let's call it like a two-year development plan. You know, like let's say we had a two-year plan. So like two years into this, you'd see that, and then um, you'd have still about three years of this kind of, at least minimum three years of this kind of new age looking at growing line. So that might sound pretty good. This is where I get to in my head. But the truth is, even at that two-year mark, you probably if think about how long has Mechro 9 been in development. Like people need to some sit back sometimes and just think about this for a second and go, okay, friends and family, uh, March, April 2012, one map, four max, AP8, I think, or even 4 before, you know, and that was it. And then you go on and on, but then if you think about it, it was like, then you'd get to the, you know, the full AP8 or 12v12. We had the entire private match lobby system. I'm trying to go in roughly the order we did stuff in. All the various game modes, all the maps, the entire private lobby system. That's not a small feature. These things are massive. Um, the entire community warfare feature, whatever people think about it, love it, warts um, on it, but it's a monstrous, monstrous effort. And then UI 2.0, I think, was in there somewhere. Yeah. I wasn't going to mention UI 2.0, Matt. That brings up bad feelings. No, uh, but there you got that. And then you have Solaris. Solaris was a monstrous effort, which hasn't been very successful. Nope. Hindsight, I think I have my reasons. I'd love to talk about that too. Okay. Um, but but I mean, even if you did this poor, or not even poor, well, you're basically building the game. You're, like, yeah. even if you're doing this and you, and you don't change anything about the game, you're basically stuck with the same game, which just, it looks prettier and it may perform a little bit better. I mean, really? Yeah, so that's a good point. That's a good point. But to my point also is that two-year time frame I gave, there's no way at the end of that two-year time frame um, that you'd all of a sudden launch... Becker Online with Unreal 4, and it would have all of those features, 100% of them, all converted into Unreal 4. A, that's either significantly longer than two-year development, because you're talking about taking a seven-plus years of development or whatever it's been and pushing it into two years. Sure, you've done it already. But so it would probably mean that that initial release of MechWarrior Online with Unreal 4 was, is not an entire feature set of what Mecro Online is today. And no matter what I think of, say, the success of Solaris, and maybe I'd say, well, Solaris maybe doesn't have to be in it, there's a significant portion of the player base that would come out of the woodwork for sure and rightfully say, well, I do play it. And I did buy the Solaris pack. And you better believe it better all be there when the game releases. Well, I own 600 mechs. They all better be there when you launch the product. I mean, I paid for it. The mechs probably wouldn't be a problem, but, you know, some of the features, like, then I forgot about the comp mod that was added, like the comp key. So... The feature list now, if you sit back and write it all down and go, oh my goodness, like it is absolutely massive. So 
So it would take a, a much bigger team. If you want to get it done in two years, you'd probably have to have a development team of like 60 plus, which means you're talking 10 plus million dollars in development or something, which we're not going to put into Mechware Online because the game is just not generating anywhere close to that kind of revenue. So it probably means that that conversation is, although it's still on the table, it's more difficult. It's much more difficult to contemplate a path there. It's probably smarter of us to think about, okay, fine, it's CryEngine 3, but still looks pretty good. And maybe we, we, we put some significant effort into optimization of the, you know, the frame rate and whatnot, do what we can. Talk about knockdowns and explore the concept of melee and, you know, and come up with a really, really intriguing set of improvements and features and things that we can, AI systems, maybe get back onto that, that we kind of flirted with before Micro 5 started. Um, there's a list, I think, that we could focus on that would probably end up making much better use of our five years. And maybe it's, um, especially if we were able to maybe improve the performance level of, of the CryEngine 3 and, and work on those features, then trying to get really distracted with trying to upgrade to a new tech. And uh, so those are just thoughts and everything's yeah. still on the table, yeah, but sure. that's kind of where I'm coming from there. Well, and you know, hearing from it on my side, it's funny because I've talked about this in length. Uh, I made predictions that I said, I don't think it makes sense for them to continue working on MWO. And it makes sense that if they've got a team to work on Mech 5, uh, but now hearing what you were basically saying, and now that you guys have the extension, I can see also from that perspective, um, as far as what needs to be touched, and, 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 and that's where you're basically asking the community, what would you do or what would you say? But you're also talking about prioritization. And like there's, I, I mentioned to this, uh, to Darren last night because we were talking about doing a podcast and he said, I'll let you know. But one of the things I said is you may have to prioritize and say, maybe Solaris doesn't get worked on because it's not a priority right now or faction play. But to me, there's some really cool things in faction play that I think a lot of people would like to see potentially in solo queue, like the respawn mechanic. We have it. That would be pretty cool, you know, and or what about map design and, and getting, um, you know, new maps or maps that are already there just need a little bit of love, you know, and it'd go a long way. And I see a lot of stuff like low-hanging fruit, like um, uh, uh, spawn locations. That's one thing I've been harping about for a very long time that I feel like is low-hanging fruit that impacts the player base on a daily basis. And they're like, hey, this is really easy. Why don't you do this? When also we know like those changes were made to, compete deathballing but we know like deathballing is just a, it's a player behavior safety and numbers and so i see a lot of things like that um that is definitely low-hanging fruit that i think you can win a lot of favors with with the community including myself of saying like hey yeah we we need to address those things and some other like uh not to keep going on a rant but like uh you know i still feel like skill tree is still very much a controversial thing where there were people that left and don't like it and i feel like if that could be on the table if, if people could if you guys uh, recognize that and say yeah you know what we can do a better job or or you know like i think let's hear some alternatives out there what do you guys what kind of proposals and i think it would be very much you're going to get inundated and there's going to be as darren points out you're going to have i want my lore or you mentioned this russ but you i want my lore but then you have to make it fun. Well, I want my tabletop values. Well, then is this tabletop? Because 
In my opinion, it's not, and it, it can't be. You have to evolve. You have to look past some things. Um, but uh, yeah, I like think, um, just a quick comment on that. It's like, yeah, they're all on the table for sure. I might just what I would caution is, in order for this, you know, we'll call it an experiment. We're absolutely putting our efforts and our money where our mouth is. But of course, if the experiment fails, like meaning revenues don't climb at all, player accounts don't climb, then obviously the experiment will will not work out. I'm confident. I do think it'll work. Otherwise, wouldn't be here today. But so when we think of these things to do, we should be cautious that we're not just saying, skill tree, I think, is a pretty good example. It's like um, you can change it and or, you know, revert or, or, or you know, but it might be something that us, most people have adapted to it and have got to the point where maybe they're okay-ish with it. Maybe some people, a few people did leave from it, but if you were to spend a significant amount of development time changing that or removing it or going back what we had or some other combination is like a huge investment in time that may or may not have any overall impact on the actual player base size or revenue because it's essentially making the same people a little happier, which is good, or at least some of them a little happier, which is good. But we should be, so maybe from a priority standpoint, it's it's not necessarily a low-hanging fruit that would have any kind of immediate, what we need is ideas that quickly show Piranha and yes. the community collectively like, oh God, this is working, great. You know, numbers are getting higher, revenues are picking up, Piranha's getting more and more uh, confident in, in spending and pushing, you know, for five years on MechWare Online. So. Those are the ideas we need at least to start. You can kind of intermix some of the other things in. Sure. You know? So you're talking um, about quality of life stuff and then just bang, you know, big bang for your, your... Like, so we can't sell people more mechs. So we can, and maybe there, I'm sure there will be more mechs, but like just maybe examples would be, well, if there was a melee mechanic, then that could be fun. It's, it has its challenges around it, but let's say we went that way. Um, what does that mean for the game as far as uh, new monetization opportunities or whatever? Well, not a lot. I mean, it means you can't put in Hatchet Man or something and sell a few different mechs, but maybe it doesn't, doesn't impact things a lot. So what's, what are some ideas um, that almost affect the whole game, you know, something that affects the entire game that improves the game, makes it funner, but also creates another element that kind of lays on top of everything that... No, maybe there is no idea like that, but that's that'll be the challenge, I think. Yeah. Well, one of the this, things this definitely highlights the challenge of this situation. You know, like I said in the beginning, I'm super encouraged. I'm super excited. I love the fact that everything's on the table all the way up to updating the engine. Um, but I, I'm hoping people are understanding the challenge of this situation and the diversity of a very passionate community that can, you know, stand on total opposite ends of each subject matter or whatever. And just trying to take all that, you know, huge wealth of information and suggestions that have already been coming in big time and sorting through that and trying to make the changes, like Russ said, that are not only going to um, improve the game and potentially bring people back. I've got, a, I've got a ton of comments that are just like, prove me wrong, bring me back, you know, and they're, and they're dropping the gauntlets and it's a challenge. And I love that. I would love to bring people back. Um, but obviously it's got to make sense on all levels. It's got to be something that the players can immediately feel the impact from, enjoy, make the game better, tell their friends, you know, and also on the 
opposite end, you know, continue bringing in revenue, whether that's just our normal, you know, sources of revenue that exist now, but it increases because there's more people playing or because we, you know, establish something completely new. I'm well, I mean, excited about the possibility. Well, I mean, if you look at it, I mean, what's your day-to-day -day interaction? That's gameplay. That's being in game. So, like, that's the first thing that hops out to me is, like, to get people back, it's what does that mean for their day-to-day -day experience? Because, I mean, that's what they're doing. They're shooting mechs. They spend some time in the mech lab, so they're, that's a part. I feel like mechs is the central thing to there. And, you know, we've, we've talked, uh, obviously, uh, balance quite a bit in the, the past years, being involved with it and so forth. And, um, you know, like you mentioned uh, bringing uh, mech, mechs back. One of the things that I, I feel like, and it probably impacted, uh, this is hypothetical for me, impacted sales was the fact of mechs came out and they just didn't perform versus mechs that were already out. Or they came out. And they were too damn good looking at you, Kodiak 3, uh, stuff like that. And because of that, uh, a nerf had to happen. And then that affects the bottom dollar. And if it doesn't sell and so forth, that affects you guys putting out new content as well, right? So I feel like Mex is a central figure to where, um, you know, gameplay has to, to, to be in there. And one of the things, I've been a proponent for this forever. And it was sort of done to some mechs. But like Rescale, I feel like could have huge implications for gameplay and like every single mech literally every single mech in the game um uh could people would buy or spend money on mechs maybe they didn't before because now that mech is in a better place so i feel like that's something too if you guys haven't looked at potentially too uh, is actual rescale um because the bigger a target I is we did a whole rescale so and, uh, yeah. and believe it or not no no trust me when we did that rescale <clears throat> The, the pure volumetric rescale was what was demanded of us. Then we did a pure volumetric rescale, and then it was like, oh, God, okay. it's like huge. And then, then people began to realize, like, oh, we want it scaled differently. Yes. So that's fair. I mean, yeah, I'd look at that again, of course. I, I'm, I'm, I'm I, not saying volumetric. I'm saying is, like, mex, a, a mech's performance is based on a few categories, yeah. right? And yeah. one of the detriments, like... A direwolf should be scary as shit. But the problem is yeah. we live in a pinpoint game that's not tabletop. Oh, so, no. Right. I'm just saying, remember at the time, sure, we were sure. catching a lot of yeah. we were, The heat we were catching was because, for example, the, um, well, the scale, so the Stalker in particular way back when was like the best medium mech in the game, you know, because it was, you know, 85 ton. It was tiny. Yeah. And so the, the push then was, this is ridiculous. We need to get everything perfectly. Remember the one guy had like the yeah. pixel image of yep. side front, perfect volumetric scaling. And we did mathematical scripts uh, to, to get volumetric scaling. And then we put that in and then it probably did improve a bunch of stuff. But then I think this, there was a lot yeah. of side effects I, too, where the little ones then were like getting, getting more. I, I bring this stuff. up so much because maybe it is hindsight maybe it is just knowing i mean when you guys had four mechs you didn't know scale was going to be a big problem for balance i mean quirks came in because of uh, inadequacies of chassis i mean and and when i talk about scale i'm talking about like the problem is we have this weird equation into tonnage to size when that isn't necessarily true you can show two different cars the same size but one's heavier than the other so it's just one of those where like, gameplay-wise, I feel like rescale. Yeah, this should be scaled based on their power. Yeah, and and if a like an atlas, the the problem I see is like the atlas and so forth. They should be scary, but the problem is they're so big, 
you can be pinpoint accurate against that torso. Well, why can't you do that against the flea and stuff if it's zipping around and doing that? It's because it's smaller. It is harder to hit. So I feel like that's big implications. I know that's uh, that may be small, but like as far as a, a, I feel like has a wide range of, of stuff. But um, so this all being said, what steps between this conversation now and you guys actually moving forward and stuff like what is that going to look like are, are we going to have multiple podcasts or round you know like uh roadmaps is this where you're going to be putting out posts and asking for f feedback because you, you, we're covering multitude of things we're covering monetization we're, co we're covering gameplay we're covering map design and stuff like that i mean where do you see this conversation going with the community and or at least how would you like to get the ball rolling on that I think, yeah. well, I didn't think Darren and I are going to like basically catalog the game. And and just to your example there, one of the things that haven't been brought up yet is engine desync. And I saw that mentioned on the forums the other day too, right? So there's all kinds of changes that have come and gone in the game that people liked it better before, liked it better after, that kind of thing. So we've got to do a bit of an autopsy. Darren and I have to listen to the, the fans and we have to go and look at what are the pieces of the puzzle that we have and it's a big puzzle um so we got to disassemble it a little bit and assign value to things and and look at and even dig dig into the metrics like what are people playing what are people buying and using and what modes do they spend the most time in and those kind of things so we're going to do a bit of forensic autopsy of where we are how we got to here and uh assign value to those things and and see what the player feedback is and kind of try and build a new picture out of some of these pieces and see where it is we want to focus that time and, and you know, and all the whole time while engaging with the, the community and talking about that. I mean, Darren, and I've talked about this a, a little bit and I, I you know, want you to jump in here, Darren, as well, since you're going to be spearheading yeah. it. But really, we, we look at it as, you know, there's all these options <laughs> and there's so many different things, levers and dials and things you can pull just on the, the game as it exists right now. And we've proven that over the last little while with the PSR changes and uh, by the way, by the way, and stuff like that. Like, I, I don't think uh, it's been given enough credit. I think you guys did great with the PSR changes as far as like you guys said, hey, we're merging this. We're merging the group and solo. We're doing this. You did a test. Everyone felt like it was probably going to happen because, you know, but you did it. And then you said, hey, we're going to do zero sum. Your community basically said, hey, that's not exactly what we were talking about. You guys came back and said, hey, what are your suggestions? And I feel, I just want to say that's that was one of the the best like back and forth with the community, I feel communication wise, that's been done uh, in the past like, you know, two years. And I feel like you guys didn't get enough credit for that because uh, of course people will, uh, people will say, well, it should have been done five years ago. Well, that wasn't on your mind five years ago. It was on your mind right now. So it's one of those where I think it, it it added value to the communication and that uh, I can't stress um, is what I think a lot of people say. Yes, we love that. You guys work with us. We work with you and we come up with a solution that is, is benefiting everyone. Right. Yeah. And I, and I think we want to build on that kind of communication and even take it up a few notches uh, as far as, you know, what we're going to be working on here now. Um, I, and the funny thing is, I did get a couple of people commenting negatively on the PSR thing. But, you know, that is that is the community, right? We have yep. a very passionate and strong uh, beliefs in what they like and don't like. But I, I, as far as, you know, where we're 
going right now and what's going to be happening it's going to take a week or two to kind of get ramped up matt and i in the background have already started uh you know developing the the methods of kind of tracking this stuff and 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 we will be doing that over the next couple weeks essentially you know it's like coming into a, a game and taking the wikipedia and going okay here's everything that exists in this game and it's all on the table and and so um you know and we as we get that set up and established over the next coming weeks we'll start to reach out to the community and figure out the best methods of that communication and continuing the communication on a weekly basis so that uh, everybody knows what's going on i totally agree i love the way the psr thing happened and i want to see more of that and um even more so so I, I want to jump in here too because I think it's important to set um, expectations. You know, I think uh, so. The idea is that Micronine will get a dedicated development team again, and obviously we're starting to build that team right now. Like Darren's on it, and like I don't know how big it'll get, um, but obviously, again, I, I I have to do this, and I know people will, you know, maybe attack me for just talking about the business side but i'm the ceo of the company and and numbers talk and and we can't pay for a development team unless we found stuff that can monetize so and we can't even we're not even in it with, with an eight-year-old game we're not even really in a position to just say well let's just do all this stuff for two years and let's see if you know things get better well you know and then maybe we'll do some more. So when we're talking about these ideas, we have to come up with some type of a, um, like in the past, it was always a met pack, right? It was like, it was like Phoenix or uh, what, Resistance. And and it made some sense because when you launched the clans, you had the clan packs, when you resist, when you launched the, the 30, 60, whatever year we got up to, whatever it was, um, you know, there was all that technology run. So there was a pack there. and. It was a way to kind of do that. Now, one, that's been kind of, you know, everyone has so many max. So even if there was another idea like that, it may, maybe there will be some max involved, but we have to come up with a list of, of, of updates. And some of it can just be quality of life stuff, of course. Some of it can just be like fixes. But of course, in the end, we, we're not going to get into a situation where we're just trying to charge people money for like, you know, what people would rightfully say, like just like a bug fix or something yeah. has to be um, some substantial feature. But see, Solaris is one of those that really was, you know, not successful as far as the size and scope of that feature and the work it took to develop it and ship it for the investment of dollars and it just didn't make sense so we need to have a really smart feature set but something that we can we can come up with something that can package it all together and sort of like sort of a you know a redux or like this title mentality of like here's the plan and we're going to do all these things and it has a roadmap and there's a way for players to show their support for that set of features so that we can build a development team around it and, and develop it so yeah it is going to take a little bit for these guys to get engaged in the community, but I think it'll it'll definitely be a lot of back and forth. I know the community often says, hey, just give us a council and we'll just design the game. Well, I'm not gonna go that far, but honestly, if you look at the PSR stuff, it wasn't far off of that. So it'll be it'll be similar, I imagine. Yeah. Okay. So I have a question for you directly, Russ. What mm -hmm. is something that you would want to see in MWO? Yeah. Or is yeah, I think that's a fair question. What is something 
that you would like to see in MWO change, altered, new? What is something on your wish list that you've never quite got or maybe it just needs to be in there? You can take your time. I the feel like that's back or something. I feel like, and by the way, <laughs> I've, got, I've got one. <laughs> go ahead, More Matt. Players. No, no. Um, being the event guy, right? Um, I've always wanted to have an event queue. Not only an event queue, but I've wanted to have an event queue where I could do stupid shit, where it could be like, hey, it's Irby's double speed, like with super fast ballistic or something. Like just stuff where I could just have, like, it's a fun event. It turns it on for the weekend, and you could just. People go, oh, I'm going to go drop in the silly event queue and everybody gets an Irby with super like one setup or something or like just rules or like mediums only or something like that. Just a queue where I can set up the rules for X amount of time. So that's that's something I've always wanted in MWO. What about you, Darren? I, well, I will also say Matt is full of uh, a lot of really good ideas. He has some crazy. I'm full ideas. of what, Darren? <laughs> <laughs> Your eyes are brown. Why is that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but he's he's got a lot of cool ideas like that. Um, as far as me, I mean, that is a a really tough question. Be I, honest, it's uh, not like your boss is here. It's yeah, not, like, not at know. all. <laughs> no, I honestly nothing is coming to mind. I mean, no I got Crusader? the that I wanted. You know, I mean, if you want to, if you want to fill out the rest of the unseen mechs or whatever, you know. But really, there's so many mechs, right? Um, and I love that. I don't know. I'm gonna have to think about it uh, as far as one specific thing. I don't. Yeah, know. I mean, I think those the rest of the unseen could. I mean, it's not like we're saying, hey, man, there's no reason to put out any more mechs. I mean, yeah, we could still put out some mechs. Why not? Of course. There's, there's but... new tech you could jump to. Uh, yeah, or even some unseens that maybe don't have any tech, but people still like them. Um, it has been a while, so there'd be some maybe some pent up demand there. So I think there's there's something to that. For me, honestly, and I think a lot of people would like me saying this. I just don't know for sure how we'd accomplish it because we have you know matchmaker challenges. But for me, I think what's resonated the most with me is around community warfare. Like I do wish that's an old term, I guess, faction play. I do wish that there was a way to make it more um, more long-term, you know, uh, you know, guild tag, clan tag, uh, you know, method of, of fighting over territory and such. But everyone, everyone the, do the challenges there are pretty well documented. I mean, in lieu of scheduled matches, uh, meaning you have to have to get the uh, rely on the matchmaker to find it in that moment, and any you know whoever's online can take advantage of the system. That's one of the biggest challenges, uh, and then of course just the best players teaming up easily dominate in our game compared to many others. So um, I think that would take some sort of like a scheduled, um, almost like compute, but even further, almost like a scheduled, like a scheduled it, event. Like a yeah, bench, as well as yeah. like a scheduled match. So like you're playing faction play, but it's like everyone can form their houses and groups and clans and whatever you want to call it, and then um, you know go about it. But it's not like a a real time thing that whoever's playing. It's it's more of a you know 8 p.m. on a Friday. So I'm I'm problem solving at the same time. So I'll stop problem solving because the, I've been through those like probably 20 different seven hour meetings in the boardroom over yeah, the last I was gonna seven say years. we've had these meetings. <laughs> yeah, I mean it is unbelievably complex. I went out there say, hey just make it like uh Battle Tech 30 25. Well, okay. I wish I had all those meetings recorded. You say we've thought about all of it. But 
yeah, that's that's something. Um, I, my mind goes there, sort of okay. achieving like a, something that isn't just a, a just a round. You know, like a round of MW was really fun. Even a round of faction play in the peak of the peak best moments of faction play was pretty great. You know, you got your four respawns and pretty got a really competitive match that went essentially 48 versus 48 and came down to the last few max. Probably the pinnacle in my mind of like when we had a few of those matches kicking off at the peak of faction play. When faction play first launched, it was pretty well thought of for like that initial month right it was like oh my god this is so fun and then you know just got consumed so fast and then maybe the war started to pop out because people could you know game through it and, and chew up the territory but there was it was close you know it just felt like oh there's just not enough players quite to pull this off or you know there, we have all of our players in three different you know circuit Buckets. time zones Buckets. and it's just all, yeah Oh, there was just these things that were just keeping us from just quite hitting the nail on the head to make it truly just, you know, what people wanted. So I know there's a, a good number of people out there that would immediately talk about faction plays, just make faction play like you originally intended, um, which honestly is kind of a, there's no really way of knowing what was originally intended because honestly, what this is well-documented mistake, but when Brian Eckman was with the company and he, in the beginning of the game, he he basically just wrote up a, a, a paragraph on like one of the pillars of it with, and then people just read that paragraph and just immediately created in their mind exactly what that experience was. And everyone did it all over the place. And we had no, no, we, we, it was a mistake. Obviously we, we didn't, we didn't control that mind experiment at all. Yeah. So when it came time to create faction place, like we had people realizing like they wanted like a 10 year MMO kind of like, yeah. yeah. So that was. I remember that, that speech probably too. The biggest mistake. Yeah. I remember that speech. That was the biggest mistake involved. Yeah. But now that we are where we are, I, I you know, I, faction play to me is, is was just oh so close a couple times, you know, but the it was mostly came down to limitations on. Would you? Uh, would you? Would you consider? I mean, talking about. Uh, I think this might be a little uh, squirrel point, but. Let's talk about uh, group and solo queue being merged, and you guys did PSR adjustments. Um, are, how, have, how have you guys seen that? Have you been happy with the results? Uh, and it, people can have their pains on, but there's no doubt about it. The um, from a matchmaking perspective, it's 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 with the current population levels, it's it's just significantly better. Okay. Uh, now that being said, uh, how do you feel about and I really like this uh, statement when you guys were going through. I remember because Darren uh, can quote me on this. I used to say the ability for groups to control the outcome of matches. And it was, it was almost like a someone took my quote and shoved that in the paragraph. But I was so glad hearing that. How do you do you still feel like there's some balance to do there? Because one of the things that I, I, I liked with this change is you basically put your foot down and said the game needs this to happen. And it outweighs the somewhat of the players a want and need to have these massive groups. And I remember having a conversation with you on the podcast about that a few times. Like there are were people out there that said, if you take away my groups, I'm gonna stop playing. And it's like, well, now the game needs those smaller groups. How do you feel about that as far as the balance between a group and solo? And and do you feel like there needs to be any adjustments there? Uh based on you know current population levels. No, I don't. Um, 
I'm willing to put it on the table, but that's just that's just facts. It's just it's just the way it is. And honestly, I think that if there was a mistake made, it probably was made um, many many years ago when there was a bit of a fight going on with the community when we were going. You remember the. Uh, it, it, it existed in a pretty decent state, separated for a while. So I guess maybe that's not necessarily true. But there was a time when we limited the groups uh, before we separated them down to like I think two or three or something like that. Not that it necessarily had to be that, but the demands were like if I can't play with twelve of my friends, I'm done. And you know we we caved, and and, and maybe that's a wrong word when you you're giving your community what what they want, but. It's possible that that was the wrong decision even going way back then. I mean, if you look at a game like World of Tanks, even to this day, um, essentially you're limited to platoons of two or three, I believe. Three, three, yeah, yeah. Three if you have premium accounts. So, And that's with the 15, uh, 15, yeah, 15 yeah, per yeah. side. So those are done for reasons. And I think, you know, you never know for sure. If, if we'd have done something like that, maybe would have kept higher populations in the main matchmaker longer, which would have helped the game grow in its key moments earlier on you never know for sure it's it's hard to say but i i don't think we could possibly go to expanding the groups you can't expand the group size while it's combined beyond sure, sure. it has yeah, too yeah. much impact uh for sure and we can't separate it out again unless the the you know the population, population. Base doubles probably at least so yeah i think but at the moment it kind of is the best we can do yeah yeah no i was more talking about like the current stance of right now of, of a two three and four man group um i think if you uh potentially and i guess this is just my opinion and, and my there's th thousands of other people out there but like it, it would be a, it'd be an interesting question that for me to ask the community would be like because i've talked to a lot of players and how i look at it is if it can be abused it will be abused and if you do have good players out there that are dropping in a four man and they're just wrecking all day and night um you know can you put limiters? Should it be a four man? Why not go down to a three man? It's a weird, right? We got this weird tonnage system. And just because it's a 20 ton mech doesn't mean it can't take out a hundred ton mech. And you do have a difficult problem there compared to well, look, World of Tanks. You're hundred percent right. right. And this, I think we can all say with hundred percent certainty. And anybody who disagrees with this probably is just trying to push their, what they want because they're worried that what they like will go away. If you limited the group size to three, would the matches get more competitive overall on average? Yes. Which, if you limited it to two only, would they become even more competitive overall on average? Yes, they would. I think that's a fact, you know, like because groups are that powerful in our game. That's a fact. So obviously we're living with a certain amount by staying at four at the moment. Um, if the community came to like overwhelming consensus that they just all that mattered was match quality and they wanted to reduce it to three, I think absolutely would improve the quality of the matches. I don't think it's really arguable. Okay. All right. Competitiveness, right? Yeah, no, I mean, I'd... for sure. I mean, yeah. it's just, it is, it is 100% is what it is. But yeah. And it's, I think this, go ahead, Derek. Go. Well, I was just going to say, I think this highlights the challenge of the situation here because you've got something that's, uh, you know, a highly opinionated topic but also then there's just the data and the facts you know and so there's that whole what the players want but then also what they don't know that they want or they don't realize the consequences perhaps and that's very challenging especially when we're coming right now to the community to say what do you want you know and and sometimes those things might have 
unknown or unseen consequences. And so, like I said, it's it's an enormous challenge here, um, but we're up to the task. But obviously, there's there's issues, right? Well, I mean, like I said, I, I felt like that was a pertinent topic because PSR, group, and solo, I, you know, I haven't really been able to talk to you guys since. So that's gone out. Um, obviously, as you said, that's on the table. Whether tonnage, I'm assuming, is on the table, whether how many people are in a group is on the table, and that's good to hear. And it'd be great to hear from everybody out there, too, because as you guys are sort of saying. Um, so this is a really good conversation because basically what you're saying is, Everything's on the table. You want to move forward. You, uh, on one hand, you, you know, obviously, Russ, you're basically saying is the game. Uh, we want to invest time. We want to invest money, but we got to be smart about it. Um, so you want basically the largest impact on uh, player, the community out there getting players back or people spending money. Um, it'd be, it's going to be interesting seeing what people come up with because I'm an idiot. Like I, I just, you know, like I can't. There's certain things that I'm like, no, but um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a great uh, conversation out there. Uh, do you guys already have anything that you're like, yeah, we want to, you mentioned new players experience or anything. Is there anything that's already you guys have agreed on to that you can talk about right now? Is there anything like, because obviously it's still early on, but I didn't know how long this conversation has been going on, so. Well, I will say before Russ interjects uh, with specifics that everything that we've talked about so far, we've talked about behind the scenes and a lot more. There's ideas that people are sending uh, via all the channels, you know, that are great ideas, but pretty much nothing that we haven't thought about, or at least the the initial stages of thinking about. So I love the fact that we're sitting here with a clean slate and, and the ability to think about everything. But go ahead, Russ. Yeah, no, I don't have a, a lot to add. Um, I think it's just all on the table for now. And I might just reiterate the points, but I think again, what we, I think we need to find a way to support the effort. So again, I kind of go back to like, to all the lore hand hounds out there, like the big ones we've done, we've done, um, you know, the clan launch, we've done that, you know, the next technology release, what did we call that one with the, the big technology update? Uh, uh, come on, Darren, you would know, or Phil. I know. Um, uh, yeah, metal weapons and yeah, yeah, weapons and technology. You're all the big nerds just eating us alive right now. Yeah, all the, all the all yeah. the. Okay. But and then we had Solaris. Civil War. <clears throat> Sorry, the Civil War escalation. Yeah, Civil, Civil War. Civil War. Okay. Thank you. And that went up to a certain <laughs> year. So you know we've done a lot, but there is other stuff. So for example knockdowns or melee or things that are in the game i know they don't necessarily relate to any particular year or expansion pack or technology level they're just things that can happen in the game normally but they could be bundled up with some type of an idea right so it could be like okay like just as possibly as a really bad example because i have never played neck warrior biotech tabletop or anything in this jihad era stuff i know nothing about it so I'm just using it as an example, conversational example of like, okay, you know, jihad or whatever, like you have a you have a thing. So that's like, okay, that gives us access to technology, gives us access to mechs, um, but also at the same time, we can use this as an opportunity in this development cycle that we're now funding to get to work on, say, knockdowns or melee attacks and um, 
I don't know, you know, death from above, like uh, all sorts of things, maybe introduce new PVE elements. So there can be features that aren't necessarily related to the subject matter, but can be still worked in as features as part of that subject matter to create an actionable plan that we can present to the community. Like, here it is. Here's all the features inside of it. Do you love this? Oh, that's great. Let's go. You know, so um, it's going to be a lot harder to come up with that than I just made it sound like. But understood. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, like you said, you don't want to gate what should just be normal features. If it's a new map, it can't be gated. Yeah. You know, well, so, talent, so maybe that's a good um, segue into some MechWare 5 stuff. So, like, so, for example, yeah, there could be a total free update aspect of it. So, for MechWare 5, which I guess this isn't even official, official, official yet. So, I might as well make it official. Because everyone, every once in a while, someone asks me, and I go, yeah, did, isn't that official? And apparently, it's not. Um, yeah, so December 10th of this year, we'll, MechWare 5 will release on Steam and go. There you go. It's official so, now. Well, we, okay. we knew. So it's not official. Yeah, Alex. It was going to be announced on Friday, Russ. Yeah, Alex. Well, Alex right. said yeah. it was, and Chris. <laughs> well, Chris and Alex. Uh, yeah, well, there you go. That's uh, okay. Our community gets stuff earlier. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Chris and Alex did confirm via you guys that it was going on Steam. We just didn't have a date. So now December 10th, right. you know, which well, is the anniversary. Yeah. So that, that's. Yeah, it's a 12 month exclusivity period. So whether there's. You know, what time did we release? It was early in the morning. So technically at the same time in the morning on the same day. We, okay. You know, so, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, but the reason I wanted to bring that up and, uh, you know, this will probably go live before Friday, but that's okay. Um, our community gets information. That announcement will go broader perhaps. So, um, so basically what we have there is, there's obviously the standard game is going to, Steam and GOG, but we also have DLC one. I'll just call it that for now. Still, I, that, that's our heroes, heroes of the inner sphere. We haven't we, no date as far yeah. as that has been done yet. So I guess actually, it's, yeah, I think I stole the thunder from that other. Um, There's still one announcement you haven't uh, said from the other one, so that's yeah, fine. Whatever. You, so DLC one, right? We'll just call it that for now. And it's like, it's first off, it's massive. It's like probably at least twice as big as any DLC has a right to be. But still going to be priced at, I believe, it's still going to be priced at like a nineteen ninety nine price point. So it's going yeah, to be that's, a huge. That's a first. So you're yeah. thinking twenty dollars, basically. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, there's all. Yeah. So of course, this is a U.S. podcast. <laughs> um, then there's a there's a free update for the game, and so the standard edition of the game gets a free update, and the free update's huge. Like it's probably as big as the DLC. Like it's just massive. All sorts of stuff we fixed, improved, and then. In particular, the first hour of the game and the intros and stuff, and there's a whole bunch of improvements, and all that's going in as a free update. So you'll have the standard edition of the game, highly updated and improved and, and tweaked, the big giant DLC for 19.99, and then we'll have a bundled type edition, of course, that kind of has the both together. So um, yeah, I think my main message there is like these. These games don't compete with each other, you know, like MechWarrior 5 would never have PvP. So there's no reason to kind of choose a side. And I have seen that a little bit. And I think now, hopefully, if we're saying, hey, MechWarrior 9 is going to get development time. Um, not only will people say that's amazing, but they might feel like they can let the guard down and, and 
play MechWarrior 5 and enjoy it. And uh, if they want to wait till the Steam release, that's wonderful, whatever. It's all good. Um, and then uh, lastly, I think would be we want your – we're also going to – now it's not the time because right now MechWarrior Online is the priority. But at some point, Garen and the team will completely engage the team, uh, the community as well on, like, what do you want to see in future DLC packs? Obviously, this December is already locked and loaded. April would be partially loaded. April, it's, it's an estimate. But you can think of, we fully intend on releasing at least a couple different, at least two DLCs, we hope, per year on Macquarie 5 as well, and then maybe even something at Christmas. So, And that's a five-year plan of, like, content. You know, there could be a full... Of course, obviously, there could be a full, um, really big, almost sequel-sized DLC that deals with the clans, obviously. It's not like I'm going to be like, oh, my God, Russell does yeah. clans. Like, that's like the most obvious thing I could possibly say. Um, so well, we're yeah, going to yeah. want everyone to know what people want there, too. It's like, well, what do you want in the core five? What would you spend money on? What would you buy? What do you want? You want clans? Yeah. Is that the biggest thing for you? And, you know, um, and, and just try not to bleed over, too. A lot of people say, well, I want... PvP, or like, you know, let's try to keep the game separate. I think that benefits Mech. If you're protective of Mech Online, then let's be protective of it. Mech Online is what it is. It's a PvP free-to-play game. Let it be the PvP game. Let Mech Online be the single-player game. Let it be the mod game. Um, and again, don't bring up mods over here in SA2 because the complexity of the client-server environment and trying to get player-made maps is almost impossible. Would that be... Okay, go ahead. No, I was going to say, with that being said, though, uh, could, would you, like, that's another thing, maps, though. I feel like y you said, obviously, you can't open it up to mod. That's just not how it works. But player submitted ideas and themes, or, like, if a layout of a map and stuff, that, I mean, could that be something that, because one of the things. Well, it just has to be developed into a, I mean, at some point, it just needs to be adopted as an official map sure. that gets put into the game. Sure. Yeah, of course. Uh, sure. How we get there doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, but again, you, the workload and effort just to get the MechWarrior no, 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 yeah. 5 Unreal 4 tools to the community is a massive effort. And that's with an engine that's used yep. to being put out as a mod tool. Yeah. CryEngine and trying to put a mod tool pack together for our customer base is going to be like yeah. an investment that we don't want to waste time on. We could waste a year that we could be improving the game. Yeah. Well, I, I will say, uh, uh, sort of side note too, Darren, I, I mentioned this uh, multiple times. Um, I'll tell you what would sell and for MWO, sound packs. I'll tell you that would, you know, Haven Kendrick, I, is, his sound pack is one of the most used out there. And if you guys can monetize different fun stuff like that, I'm just saying those are those are little That's things. It's also something that can, that has been and could be modded too, right? So. You sell a mod pack and it's basically a sure. download that, that could easily yeah. be shared amongst the community. I think that's one of the reasons that we well, haven't done that in the past. Sorry, Matt, it's just run over top of you. But the mod pack, as you guys know, causes all kinds, kinds of problems with when the game updates and then there's crashes yeah. that are happening. It's yeah. not us trying to prevent yeah. the mod pack per se. It's just like the way that it works in the client server database environment, sure. it just it causes all kinds of problems. So I think you're right. Maybe that is. Maybe that is a really great idea. Um, Something I we just can certainly... to say, I actually have to, uh, this sucks, but I actually have to go pick up my kids uh, from school here. But I did want to say, Russ, there was one detail that Russ did leave out of this Friday announcement, as, along with the, the DLC and the Steam and stuff launch. So you guys should go check out RazorCon 
Uh, we've got a little video that Darren and I put together um, that's going to play at you some point together. during the massive. Well, you you help me. Um, you're in it too. Um, so yeah, you guys can check that out. And there is a really cool reveal in that about something related to Mac okay. Warrior Five. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I can come back, but I, yeah, just leave your camera. Just, just leave that on. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it on. Leave it. Yeah, just leave it on. Just don't walk around naked. Because I'm not gonna edit that out. I forget. Yeah, see. Uh, no, I think we'll probably have okay, to. Okay, so I will be back. Yep. So. Okay. Now his kids will just walk up. And so, I mean, yeah, like I told you, look, I mean, from a modder's perspective, uh -huh. okay, so for we sort of dove into MechWare 5, um, our Mech Commander project, we've actually just been waiting uh, for the DLC to drop because uh, some of the, the plans that we have, like right now, you can play our uh, Mech Commander Mercenaries. That's what it's called. And uh, it, the. It's just MechWare 5, an RTS perspective. And we got a few other uh, things like reinforcements and stuff. But really where we want to start distinguishing us between just Mech 5 has to do with like the missions and changing missions. And yeah, well, we have to wait for the DLC. And we're trying not to gate it. Uh, but the reality of it is, is like we're wanting to utilize the quirk system because we already had thoughts on uh, on on that. Uh, we already had thoughts on, um, you know, uh, changing uh, the mission structure. And you guys are introducing a mission, new mission. Um, so I'm looking forward to the, the DLC and from, of course, selfishly from a, a modder's perspective. And the mod scene has been uh, really busy behind the scenes. I think one of the biggest hindrances um, and it's something I talked to Alex uh, was there was just no documentation. There was no, there was no, uh, we have a like starting guide, but that's one thing that like the community just started a wiki. I don't know if people are aware of that too, where stuff like, Hey, you want to create a new weapon? Just follow these steps, right? Because you hop into unreal and it's pretty intimidating if you've never been in there. And that's, that's another thing is people always ask like, well, how do I get involved? And it's like, well, you have to learn unreal. Like you have to hop in there. You have to understand the nuances, but that's just not being documented, I think has been uh, a big, it's definitely slowed the progress and the community is starting to take uh, steps towards, uh, you know, fixing that because I feel like um, some of the big stuff, apparently there's like one or two teams out there that's doing like storyline and campaign stuff. We haven't seen really anything yet, so we'll see, but there's already people doing mechs. I'm surprised no one's done a, uh, a clan mechs yet, but we knew that was probably good. some images, right? Of some kind. Yeah, yeah. We've seen yeah. we've seen a few. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, you know, on the one hand, I've tried to be as transparent as I possibly could about what our plans are because I don't want anyone to um, necessarily waste cycles. You know, like it's like it's I don't want to waste their time. And, and if we're going to be doing it and we're going to release it and we're going to release it similar to when they would get done the work, then they might as well spend their time on other stuff sure. so that they can make the best mods possible. And, and none of that comes from like a, you know, more of a competition type standpoint. Honestly, I could care less if they want to release anything they want and have it be super rad. I think that's awesome. I don't think it would probably, none of that stuff would affect our plans when it comes to DLC. Like there's a, there's a, I mean, there's a vast majority of players out there that just aren't going to get into downloading mods. So for us, even if someone put out a mod that was all the clan mechs or whatever, wouldn't affect our plans probably doing a full official clan DLC and almost certainly the only things that it would affect us on, like I think the, like the mech lab mods and, and these kind of things, I think that's great. We're not going to probably get involved in those areas. It's like let people use the mods. Um, 
I don't want to have stomp on people's work too. Like let them have that, own that, keep that glory forever. This game is crap unless you put this guy's mech lab mod on it. That's great. I don't, that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot to come there, and uh, you know I think uh, I think you know the whole Epic Games Store thing plus people's anxiety around um, you know MechWarrior Online has has probably done a disservice to MechWarrior Five. I mean. The game itself, I know this community in particular being fairly hardcore, used to a MechWarrior Online style mech lab and so on and so forth, that you know they didn't they didn't uh, cozy up to it as much as, as others perhaps. But you know, in the end, and we talked about this a bit on the drunk night, I think. Um, <laughs> you know, overall the review scores were very very good, and they were they were very close to what we set out to accomplish. I wanted to get an 80% reviewed game. This game, the age of 2019, 2020, that is not many games, and um, especially for a studio our size. And in the end, the Metacritic average ended up more around mid-70, like 75 or something. But our PC gamer, IGNs, all the, all the bigger guys gave us our 80 to 85% review scores, which ended up being anywhere from 10 to 15% higher on average than MechWarrior 9 was. So I think a lot of decisions we made, even though they don't necessarily sit perfectly well with the core MWO community, seem to be the right decisions for a single-player game going out, making an attempt to capture a bigger market. And then the beautiful thing has mod support. So like the guys that want a certain mech lab or certain functionality can, can get that still. So I think, um, you know, as we move forward, there's still it's just so much unexplored. You know, Canadian Video Game Awards, which is obviously a tiny award show compared to many. Um, believe it or not, as people will snicker a little bit because a lot of people gave shit to this aspect of the game, but best narrative. So yeah, wanna, wanna I saw that one. I, I, I saw it because like- me, I would have picked almost any other category for us to be- In, in the quote, yeah, in the quote, it had you saying, yeah, we're not very good with story. And I remember like, that was actually one of the things that I think we brought up in a pot, you know, like you said, like, yeah, we need to improve on that. And, well, and Warrior Five was a huge. That was like, that was our first effort at getting better at it. Because trust me, we had to hire a very expensive, you know, narrative writer, and we, uh, we, like, we did what we could in the middle of this game development to enhance our abilities to put at least that much of the story in to um, to achieve what we did. And that was. Originally, remember, Mechwarrior 5 Mercenaries grew significantly over it. And from its initial announcement, it was really thought of almost more as just a contract simulator. And certainly you can see that loop in, in yeah, as you can the see core it. of Mechwarrior 5, of course. But quite a bit, whether it's co-op and all, you know, the story elements that are there and the story campaign and just, yeah. I mean, all that was added on. And um, it worked out pretty well, you know, and I think yeah, so it was our first big um, step at getting better at characters and story and um, paid off to some degree. But then since then, so far in 2020, we haven't just stopped. Like, we've continued. We've now hired dedicated, you know, character artists and character animators. And the, the studio itself as a whole has gotten significantly <laughs> better yeah. even in character stuff. Sorry, I'm, Fahad just makes me just, oh, man, yeah. Fix, fix Fahad now. That's, that's actually, I mean, you know, I, I've always been very honest. Like, as far as the story, I have no problem with the story in MechWarrior 5. Um, I could just tell that that 
that was a definitely tacked on part to what you were talking about, which is the cycle of just being a mercenary, going to do contracts. And to me, it was definitely, it was one of those things that could be improved uh, hands down. Uh, and then you, of course, said that as well. I think either it was on a podcast. I don't remember what, what it was. Yeah, I think what I said was, it's tough to go beyond that. Because even if you look at Battletech, and Battletech gets maybe a little, you know, a little more props in this area. But at the same time, I remember when it was released, it kind of took some beatings too, because it oh, yeah. was just, you know, the static guys there and similar. And that's for a reason. And the reason is, of course, to go from that or what we had to that next level is is basically one of the most expensive things in game development. I mean, sure. you know, you think about games today, you either get The Last of Us, you know, this is a massive oversimplification of my point, but you get The Last of Us, or you get, you know, almost no character story. Yeah. It's like, what? because when you crack that egg, and we yeah. tried to just kind of crack that little bit and slip in some characters. If you're not good at it. Over, yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and I mean, so you have to go all the way, yeah. is yeah. my point. Well, and, and I think to to clarify, I don't have a problem with the story in Mech 5. Like the, the dialogue narrative, uh, by the way, I think quests are great. Uh, they're sort of like the flashpoints in, in Battletech, and I think that's great. I think from my standpoint, it was, uh, if you were to narrow it down to a word, it would be storytelling. How the story was presented to the player uh, in HBS, they did a great job with the 2D art movement, and you could go and talk to the characters, and, oh, well, what, what would you like to know? They gave you a little bit of narrative back, and I felt like if that would have been like we were that's the the it was just very surface you walk, walk up to fahad you didn't understand why he talked like that you know rihanna you, you want a little bit more interaction with the crew and i feel like that was probably from the storytelling perspective and and i think that's a that's a fair like uh that's what they did really well and then the the storytelling was just very i, I would say like just it was just shallower and like you said it's because you have to be you have to go all in or it, it shows well, especially that. for us because you know it was a, a full first person you know action game and you're physically walking around the hangar and you're physically seeing the characters and you know it wasn't just a, a camera static camera and then you have to so it was yeah it's a much bigger um can to open when you go in there so i was actually pleasantly surprised that we got what we did to the level we got it in when we shipped, you know, when you think about the, um, just the effort, just even to get to that level was, was, um, more than I thought we were going to get in maybe like a year, year and a half off from launch. Um, but at well, any rate, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I was going to say, and, and then if you, you know, again, you guys had a little bit of an edge too, when you look at like Battletech came out, but HPS went through the same things. I mean, I think some people forget that, like uh, their launch, uh, performance issues they had, uh, the gameplay it was the same missions over and over, which again, you know, it's the same sort of thing with Mech 5, working in a new game mode, the redundancy, the sort of spawns and stuff, the same things. And you didn't get flashpoints for some time. And I feel like a lot of people yeah, tend to sort of gloss over that. It was about nine months now. Maybe they released in April. Maybe they had it by that that late that fall. Yeah. So a little quicker, but that's because we're in a bit of a different situation with the Epic Game Store exclusivity, and, and there's obviously there's a lot of reasons for us to just you know wait for the Steam launch to make it as big of a thing as possible. So it, it, that content got held just a little bit longer than you know than it maybe necessarily had to be, but that's also given us an opportunity to make it bigger and bigger and bigger. And, yeah. and I don't feel like we had, and we had COVID. 
<laughs> well, and I and I feel like it sort of highlights too is like some people will are would jump on the wagon and basically say it's, I love Mech Five. I lick there was literally people in chat that were like I've already got like six hundred plus hours in here. I just they like that loop. They like the yeah, you know. I love and, it. I mean, obviously that was the product director, so that's that's obvious that people can you know see my hand in it so to speak because you can see my initial the initial announcement in metcon 2016 and the interviews we gave the pc gamer then and stuff like that if you go back and read those things that was my original vision that i had and i'm fairly happy with how that that vision ended up at the end so that was my idea of it too and i i i do like it as well like i mean i um i you know i, I think it's i think it's i think it's a blast i think um, so many aspects of it, the destructibility of the cities and stuff is is really impressive that people are, are missing out on. If they were holding out for Steam, fair enough. Uh, again, I, I don't care. If you want to buy it when Steam comes out, that's wonderful. Um, but certainly if you were holding out because, oh no, I'm a MechWare Online guy and I just can't be part of Team MechWare 5, whatever, oh, don't do that. That's just missing out on, a, on a, I think, a really fun game. And Based on the reviews and everything else, I think it sits very nice and firmly in the one, two, three, four, five arc. And sometimes our rose-colored glasses can distort things, but it is a really exceptional game. It sits in there nicely. Like you can reinstall MechWarrior 2. And I think we've talked about this before, but like there's what's the best game right now of a single player game? Just to go play? Well, for me, yeah, it's MechWarrior 5. Yeah. Now, if you if you if you count what it did for the world or the gaming community sure. at the time it came out, totally different answer, of yeah. course. That's MechWarrior Two, Sign of Calls, right? Yeah. MechWarrior Two, Mercs, MechWarrior, the original MechWarrior Two, MechWarrior Two, and Mercs. Um, no doubt about it. But um, yeah, anyhow, I think it's a really, really fun, legitimate MechWarrior experience. The Mech Lab might not be perfectly to your taste, and the AI might bother you a little bit here and there, but um, ultimately, that loop is very addicting and very fun, and the good news is we have a five-year runway. Yeah, and yeah. how how I look at yeah. it is again, I look at it a little bit differently, but just because of the mod scene behind the scenes. Uh, one thing that you guys are introducing in um, the DLC, and it's something I don't think a lot of people even remotely think about, but they should, is one of the things that I think, uh, and it's in the base game, it just never made it fully in, um, uh, is secondary and tertiary objectives. Like that's. That's from a modder's perspective. I don't think you guys understand how much freedom that's going to give us because you're going to be able to do so many things, creative things with that, not only with planets that have conflict zones, but even planets that don't have conflict zones. It, I, we've had multiple conversations and meetings behind the scenes of like what that's going to open up to. Uh, let alone whether you guys do it or we do it, or if you, you know, regardless, it just it opens up that. You're not just dropping, doing an objective, and then just leaving. It's now there's opportunities for other things to happen and stuff that you didn't plan. And uh, one of the cool things that um, modders did with BattleTech is they did like an assassination type thing where you piss off someone enough, you, they may send mercs after you. And we've thought about that, where that could potentially be something that happens, where you pissed off a pirate or you pissed off the the Steiners enough, and they're gonna, you know, your objective is to assassinate someone. Well, guess who else just showed up and now you got to deal with both of those. And so from my standpoint, I look at it with a different set. I agree with you uh, as far as 
the rose tinted glasses. I'm guilty of it as well. I think Mech 3 was fantastic as far as dialogue and story. They had that guy with like the, the voice and the Morgan Kell voice. I think that was fantastic. Graphically, it was a leap before 2 and it was better. Uh, but from how I look at what you guys did, whether whether people agree or not, you you almost Bob Ross the wide sweeping things. You, you wanted this grandiose of being able to travel around, be your own merc, and you guys did that. The thing that I look at now is something that then Bob Ross does is it gets into the little details. Uh, funny enough, I know we've got memes out there about that, but that that's what you guys are sort of doing with the DLC is adding those to where it's got depth and substance when you do quests and the quest lines and that yeah, the missions are repetitive, right? Yeah, some of those details are out there now, I think, but uh, as a reminder, like just high level, there's so the, the, the original campaign will still be there, of course. You can play through that. Ultimately, that's um, the timeline just continues out. If people that have finished the game, it just goes on and on. But it's you know you have you have some war zones to go to and just kind of exist in forever. Uh, but the DLC adds a, a full career um, mode. Yeah. Full career mode. So the career mode is um, much more freeform. You know, in the in the campaign, you can pretty play pretty freeform as well. But this is obviously completely freeform, and there is a full what we call a job board. So um, you know, you're out there getting your contracts, but there's also all the you know the sub tasks and sub jobs and sub quests and things that are mixed in it with all the layers. And then of course there's I don't know you know they've got the infantry, there's airstrikes, there's uh, the game modes, maps, mission contract types I should call them. Um, it's quite a lot there, and uh, obviously we added a ton of new uh, of the missing you know variants and mechs right like almost all the missing sure. variants and then a bunch of mechs too and, and technologies and the you know so mask, you know, whatever obviously we've been talking for a while we've even lost matt um i think we should go ahead and and focus this sort of wrap it up but before we do um there's been a few topics i talked about this not too long ago uh darren and i mean you've talked about in the past doing like a uh, an NGNG con or whatever, but there's been, you know, like MechCon was pretty amazing. Um, I loved it. I'll be honest though. I wish I could have experienced it not working. Like that would have been like, that would have been really cool. And I envy everyone out there that was able to just show up and just experience it, you know, and um, instead of running around with a chicken with your head cut off. But is that, now that you guys got the extension, Mech5, uh, you know, and with, possibly a resurgence in MWO. Have you guys thought about doing another con? And if so, would it be different than what we've seen and why? Hmm. Yeah, I have thought about this. So what we missed, uh, 2019 and 2020, um, 2020, we just had the very small event that a few local people come to our anniversary party, but we missed a couple of years. Obviously 2020, yeah, toast because of COVID and all COVID, what we yeah. have to do. Um, you'd hope, that by December, if it had to stay, it doesn't have to stay December either. It's just, just sticking with what we knew. You'd hope by the following year, COVID would not be a thing, but we'll see, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I have thought about this, and I do think there's a possibility we could have it again. I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, a ton. And I think they were growing every year. We went from 400 to 600 to 1,000, I think, was the, the growth rate. Um, the last space was huge and great. Um, 
so the main purpose they served for us, and there's quite a bit of difference from 2016 to 17 to 18, and all of those back to what we talked about at the beginning of this podcast was, you know, Micro Online was still a fairly strong thing in 2016, right? Um, but by 2018, it, it wasn't. And, you know, we didn't have much to announce at 2018 Metcon for MWO. We took some lumps for that, but that was for all the reasons we've already hashed out. So, yeah, I think I've thought about it. Some of the challenges of it was it was a fairly expensive show to put on for us. And Prana Games had to fund the whole thing, right? They're, you know, Harebrained or, and, and or Catalyst didn't fund anything. Um, we funded the whole thing. The ticket cost, ticket sales probably accounted for, uh, I don't know, uh, 10% of the costs of the show. So it was really a marketing expense. And it was like, and, and, and it would be anywhere in the neighborhood of, I think we, anywhere from two to $400,000 in cost to put on a show like that. And the first year was more expensive because we put in quite a bit for the world championships. I think the, the latter years, the last year, even though it was the biggest show, might have been the most reasonable on our cost. We managed to keep it down probably about half what the first show cost us. But still, it was, you know, it was, it was a lot. And certainly, you're, you're just basically saying, well, you know, it's the same cost as if we went to like an E3 and put up a big booth or something. But it's focused for our community. And um, I'd say in 2016 and 2017, we saw the, the benefits because 2016 in particular, I think we were able to release a, a fairly big pack thing after that. Maybe it was Civil War. I don't remember. It saw blurting me now. But like we'd have some big months in December, January, February where you know, revenues would double up for a couple of months. You could, you could kind of see the return on investment to a degree. Um, but by 2018, it really, you know, it wasn't. It was all about, well, we're shipping that five come, you know, December 2019, and hopefully this all feeds into our, you know, just interest and stuff. So that's a long way of saying, I think we need to find a way for it to be a little more affordable. Sure. Um, if MechWare Online gets, you know, really resurgent, and if the MechWare, and a lot of it's going to come down to MechWare 5 on Steam in December too, like how well does it do? You know, is it... Is it just okay or is it like really like blowing up and selling very, very well on Steam in December? Well, that'll all play a big part of it. But regardless, I think we'll have to look at it and say, okay, how do we, you know, how do we put a show like that on for, you know, a budget of a hundred grand, let's say, and then still get like a, you know, a thousand people to come and charge for the tickets so that it's maybe even kind of mostly covered and maybe there's still like piranha footing you know a, a bill and marketing expense there but it's not so overwhelming then i think it has a real chance to come back okay all right anything to that think, darren yeah i think uh, obviously i loved it um it's amazing being in one space like that with the community and and everybody in the office and um i think there's the obvious challenges and it could potentially lead to maybe a virtual con of some sort or whatever this year, if it yeah. was yeah, or, or you know, like it does. I don't know that we had to stick with the month of December, and who knows? But um, there's always that potential, you know, maybe a virtual MetCon or some kind of gathering next year, or um, or I think there's a lot of potential ideas of ramping it down, not necessarily in fun or excitement or whatever, but like uh, Russ was saying, lowering the overhead. So I would love to see it, and uh, of course that is very dependent on 
how I do in my job, you know, over the coming months and, and the reception with uh, MechWare Online and MechWarrior 5. So I'm all there as far as having it, but it has to make sense, obviously, right? Yeah, totally. Well, um, gentlemen, we've been talking for almost two hours. Um, did we did we miss anything? Is there anything last? Well, I would, of- I would like to add, as far as, you know, obviously I'm going to be focused on MechWare Online here for a while, and uh, I'm super excited about that. But I will say that I've been playtesting the new DLC. And I mean, I already loved MechWarrior 5. Um, I had, a, maybe it's my personality type or the way I play games, but that, that whole, the loop that you get in and the missions and getting your ideal mechs and your ideal lance and your, your, your pilots and all, you know, I immediately, that was my gameplay style. I loved it. And now with, sure. you know, the mod scene and people being able to just essentially recreate MechWarrior 2 if they want to, um, I think that's awesome. And that we'll see a lot of cool stuff coming over the, the coming years. Um, but I get really, ex- this DLC is amazing. And I'm, what gets me excited besides the content that's coming with this DLC, which is going to be great. And it's going to add a lot to the game. Just Russ mentioning, <clears throat> you know, the potential for one or two uh, or more DLCs a year. The sky is the limit for this game. And I just, that gets me super excited because I still love it. I'm, I'm having a hard time keeping myself out of that game right now so that i can focus on mw i am doing it but uh it's tempting to just jump in there and play it it's a very addictive game for for you know the right crowd and we're not gonna stomp on uh, mw at all like no ideas hey you should put pvp and mechware 5 well that is mechwarrior online that's its domain that's where it lives that's pvp um i just don't see us doing that Never say never, but I, I doubt it. So I'd like well, to really protect those two spheres, right? Well, and we, we do have, yeah, and we do have that perfect, you know, trifecta or whatever. Like I said in my announcement, we've got uh, single player, we've got co-op, and we've got multiplayer of, of MechWarrior. It's a great time to be a MechWarrior fan, and, and that's really how I feel right now. Any, any way I want to jump into this franchise and play the game, it exists right now, and it's fun. How many games have I played for eight years and still enjoy playing very, very few. And I still love jumping into MechWarrior online and, and playing with everybody. So I think it's awesome. I think it's... So speak, so hey, speaking Matt of, is back. He's back, back just in time yeah, to say goodbye. And that's it. All right, oh, yeah. Done. I just went, up, went and picked up my, my kids, uh, Phoenix Hawk and Griffin 2N. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So, Darren, now with that being said, um, are yeah. you going to be dropping again? Can people expect to get yes. some dev medallions again? Are you going to be in your Warhammer? Is that pretty much? So I have a new dev account. I still have the Bombadil account. I haven't determined how what I'm going to do yet as far as uh, jumping in. But certainly people are going to see me out in the battlefield. Um, I still absolutely to this day have a blast playing MechWarrior Online. Um, if I If I didn't, I couldn't do this job, you know. And so... Uh, you will see me out there. I'll probably be doing some events again, just like I did before. I'll be dropping with you. I'll be dropping with, uh, you know, other members of the community. So for sure, you'll see me out there. All right, uh, Matt, we're asking, is there any, obviously you missed the last bit, but uh, any last words to the community as far as what you guys are doing or just anything that maybe we missed in general? I think we covered pretty much anything under the sun. I mean, obviously, I know we could go into finite detail about everything. We could talk about matchmaker. We could talk about balance and hitboxes. We we could go down the pipe, future podcast. But that's another. Yeah, topic. definitely. I mean, I think it's this is to give like a general consensus of like what it is our, we're trying to do and outline that as much as possible. Yeah. Let everyone know that you know 
we're not a, approaching this from you know just yeah we're looking at this like as russ says you know we're not leaving any stone unturned and kind of take a look at and that. it's an and, opportunity it's an opportunity to do something huge for the community yeah and you know it's a it's a bit of a, a legacy you know and and so we you know we're taking matt and i are taking this very seriously and uh we're absolutely going to do the best job that we can do yep and we'll see you at Metcon 2021. No, just yeah. kidding. We were just talking about <laughs> Yeah, we were just talking about that. Uh, yeah. Russ, any oh, last... Did someone already make my joke? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Russ, any last moment uh, comments or anything that you'd like to say out there? Last words? Oh, no. Uh, thank you so much. Glad to be here. Um, you guys covered it. So, yeah, give, give Darren and his team, Matt here and his team, um, a little bit of breathing room. I mean, go ahead and keep dumping on them. All your thoughts, all your ideas, they'll keep sifting through them. But uh, Bring it on. You know, I know it's easy to lose patience. Like, hey, it's been two days. Why don't we have a roadmap yet? You know, no, no. <laughs> these things can take time. It's going to take a few weeks. So um, give them a little bit of time, but it's happening. Don't say weeks because people expect an answer in a, in a week. You <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. right. People, people were like, Russ said... Russ said October. It's it's October, and I was like, it's September twenty eighth. Like, it's not even. It hasn't even. Been, okay. Anyways, um, I think I talked Darren's fourth day. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why don't you? I, I think I talked less on this podcast than any other NGNG yeah, podcast I've ever Wait. been on. <laughs> well, you know, I'm it's sure, all good. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll be back. Uh, yeah, it's man. good to have you guys back. Uh, thank good you again to be for with being you. here, Russ, Matt, and of course Darren. You son of a bitch for not telling me. But anyways, um, everyone out there, I just want to say thank you for listening. Uh, and of course, uh, if you're new to the channel, make sure to click that subscribe, like, comment. Comment down below. Uh, helps YouTube algorithm, all that fun stuff. But of course, this podcast is supported by you guys, the listeners, viewers. Uh, consider uh, head over to our Twitch channel where I stream Monday through Friday, 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. And I'm sure you'll see some Darren hop in there as well. And you can shoot him in the mech face. Uh, and of course, if you uh, want to support further, consider becoming a patron uh, and, of, you know, things, words and stuff. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I'm like, support I've got like, this guy. there's things here. There's two things. Anyways, consider becoming a patron. It means the world. And of course, uh, join us on Discord. Discord's in a great, um, amazing tool for us to use for a community. So make sure to head over there. I'll have all the links for all this down below. And uh, for those that don't know too, we do have an audio only version of the podcast. It's up on SoundCloud. I'll have that link down below. So if you use a podcatcher like I do, you can go and uh, take a walk, hike and, and just listen that way. Um, but uh, yeah, this was your local No Guts, No Galaxy MechWare podcast signing off for tonight. This is Phil. Until next time, MechWarriors. <laughs> and then I'll just make goofy faces. Ah.